This is Twa Teams One Street from the Evening Telegraph, the only podcast as obsessed by Dundee and Dundee United as you are. On this episode, the D are off to the Dons, and United are out to sting the Jags and end Ogren's hoodoo. Hello and welcome to Twa Teams One Street, episode number 242. I'm not Tom Dutty, as you will have guessed already. He's off enjoying the sunshine somewhere, while we all get rained into oblivion here in Dundee. Um, I'm George Cran, and joining me by stumbling through the storm today is Alan Temple. Hello. And Graham Finnan. Hello everyone. And to add to all the horrible weather outside the lift up to the seventh floor here wasn't wasn't working today either, so we thought we'd lost well, there halfway up, but we no, managed no, to get I, it. I just said, just as well, Tom Dutty wasn't here. He would <laughs> never have made it up to the seventh floor. There's going to be a real creepy <laughs> breathiness about this episode. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're just about, just about <laughs> got our breaths back, or breath back. Um, and, but we made it. Made it through the weather, made it up the stairs. Storm Babette can't stop us, George. No. Definitely you, not. You can hear the wind outside the window. I wonder if that's coming through. It'll give it a real kind of atmosphere of epicness, yeah. don't it? If you can just hear the gusts from outside. Well, we need all the help we can get. <laughs> and talking about the weather, I mean, uh, we'll start with Dundee this week. Obviously, not having a game last time because it was, it was washed out. When did Dundee last have a game, George? Uh, oh, September. <laughs> uh, was it a Hibs game, was it? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like a long time Seems ago. Seems like an eternity ago, doesn't it? And it does feel like every time they try to play football, they've uh, seemed to have angered the weather god mm. somehow because it just the heavens open and it's it's gone that way again. Uh, so fingers crossed for Saturday. There, I mean, mm-hmm. you're you're supposed to be heading up there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got a train ticket, which which is slightly worrying at this <laughs> point in time because there are no trains north of Edinburgh. <laughs> I think so. I'm hoping that certainly the weather relents, so we'll have to come up with a very quick plan B. To get there, but nah, I think I think we should be okay. I'm hoping that the game will be okay. Petrodi's and and generally, the water seems to, you know, soak right through it. It always looks in decent nick. So, yeah, hopefully get back in action. And I think that's the biggest thing for Dundee this week. You know, yeah. the, it'll be three weeks I think since the last kicked the ball on Ernest. They've always had a few bounce games along the way, but it's not the same as competitive action. So, I'm hoping to basically to pick up from where they left off, George. Now it's a long time though, isn't it, Alan? I mean, it's you, you, can I expect there might be a bit of rustiness? Yeah, it's an interesting challenge for for Tony Dockery, mm. isn't it? You guess that behind the scenes um, has work with those that he's still got because we can touch on the international boys that have been away um, has been very much. Um, anchored towards keeping fitness up and then gradually building them up to be ready for mm. uh, you know match play when it comes. But it's a different challenge and it's one that. Um, you know, I know you've got a piece in the paper today, but you know, discussing in terms of, of how you deal with that challenge. But it'll be an interesting one to see how sharp they are um, in terms of that first ten minutes. It, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a wee bit of rustiness, yeah. and you obviously need to be careful of that because Aberdeen home under the lights, six pm kickoff, big crowd. You would assume are going to come out flying, so that's the first challenge they'll need to overcome. But um, yeah, so so many uncertainties in terms of just how sharp they'll be. But uh, you know, as you've uh, alluded to in, in your kind of international roundup and, and things that you've done this week, it's, it's not as if a lot of the boys yeah. haven't been busy. So it's, you know, yeah. you, they're not coming into this completely dry because United, uh, sorry, Dundee, to their credit, have uh, plenty of boys that have been away on international duty and and done pretty well. Some of them. And the, on top of that, they've had a couple of games. They've always had that, the, the testimonial, of course, which. Yeah. Uh, Tony Dockett put out a stronger side than I think he, he previously kind of planned to because that Ross County game was off. And then myself and Bear were at North End Park, mm-hmm. bumped into each other, we were watching the reserve game. Yeah, I went up to the Reed Nose up in North End and I was in, I was in quite good condition as well. It was, a nice day. It was, it was actually a decent yeah. game, wasn't it? It was a nice okay, day yeah. for, for a game of football and both sides got stuck in. Uh, a youngest United side, you've mm-hmm. got a youngest Dundee side as well, but Dundee had a few first teamers, yeah. first teamers in there for obvious reasons. Uh, um, it was a right, a right good game. And any uh, standouts? Well, that's what I'm just going to come on to. I, th- I think that certainly, I mean, for United, um, I know this is a Dundee part, but we'll give United the, the place first. The Rory McLeod did quite well. Good goal, took his goal well uh, from a free kick. And Muller Thompson, I was really impressed with him. We were impressed with him, George, weren't we? I mean, yeah. 
Dundee were one and two one going into the last couple of minutes and you lost them one from 25 yards a yeah, stunning yeah. stunning shot it was and overall his general play was really good at it mm. does he play he's on Lorna Montrose does he play right back right, normally okay. does he play as deep oh, as no, that no. no no he doesn't does he's, he no. well he came through as a forward at United he's gone to Montrose yeah. and he's playing central midfield mm. and and playing really, really well by all accounts, and uh, yeah, oh. I didn't realise he actually played right back. Well, yeah. well sorry, so I was right back. Well, that, we'll get on to this in the United. <laughs> yeah, and in anyway, terms of yeah. Dundee, I, there was what Ryan Howley was playing. Yeah, well, was still in the middle. Yeah, I thought Howley, Howley was a standout for me. He yeah, looked, me too. He looked very good. Uh, I've got to say, I mean, you've got to remember, he's still, although it was a youngish United side, it was a, you know, yeah. he's still a young. What was he nineteen twenty? No, it's about twice the size of them. <laughs> yeah, really, really impressive. Uh, so. He'll have done his prospects no harm, certainly, for, for the weekend. Mo Salah was on, strolled the Didn't game, but, uh, well, he's, I think he was more interested in getting minutes into his legs than, yeah. than anything else, you know. He wasn't getting involved in too much. Big Ashcroft played, saw a display from him. Um, Pineda played. Pineda played, but went on. He got a bit of a kick before half-time and never appeared in the second half, so uh, that might be one if, for... Yeah, he had a couple of shots, but yeah. never really threatened. Um, Marcel Lewis. Marcel, Marcel Lewis showed a couple of good touches, but... He's a couple very, of assists. Very well, slight. A couple, yeah. couple of good crosses into the box, you know, a couple Seven of good deliveries, but for me, he needs to do a lot more if he's yeah, going to force his way into that, into that first team. But in general, it was a good game, a decent crowd up as well. Um, and but more importantly, certainly for for Dundee getting legs in a few first team men. I suppose we get stuck in the bigger games uh, over the week uh, in the Nationals. We had seven call-ups, if you include Lyle Cameron, obviously got called up and had to drop out due to injury. Uh, and Finn Robertson then got called up to the under twenty ones. Unfortunately, he didn't uh, get out on the pitch. He was an only sub for the first game. But Josh Mulligan looks to be going for. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see the ga game, but every bone I've spoken to has said right. Josh Mulligan had a really, really positive, was very good, positive yeah. show. And, and we, know, we know Scott Gamble is a big fan, um, and he does tend to play more in an advanced role, maybe. Well, they moved him, he actually, I think he started further up the pitch, uh, but then moved back to right back. Yeah. I'm not sure who went off, but he ended. He, he got the assist. Right, playing from okay. right back so it was a fabulous yeah. assist yeah, see, it was classic the, Mulligan uh, pace, power, direct yeah. just I love that you see a gap go for the gap yeah. and the ball across a smart ball as well like that late in the game playing the percentages get it into a dangerous area mm -hmm. good end product it was a really really quality assist because the game was in danger to sort of peter yeah. out at that point and big shame that he's He's still suspended. He's still suspended. Yeah. Obviously, that game was called off. So, which yeah. was obviously quite good. He actually managed to get some some game time in there um, through suspension. It's something that I'm sure Tony Docherty's had a word with him about. It, as did Gary Boyer. You know, I mean, we can yeah, all we can all, we can all question yeah. the sending off, but he has to be he has to be a bit more careful in his challenges on the park. You know, I think I think at times he can <sighs> not reckless, but just clumsy challenges that he doesn't have to, to yeah, make. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he's suspended again. He's out of the team. Can he get back into the team? That's, that's a problem. He's got to force himself back into the team. But you think the ability he's got and the, the physicality he has, it won't be too long before he gets an opportunity, mm. certainly. And he's versatile as well. He can play yeah. so many different positions. Really. Absolutely. So that, that does help. Um, just looking at the other ones that were away, Howley was away with Wales but didn't get a game. Aaron Donnelly had... Of a day to forget, he was sent off for Northern <laughs> Ireland under 21s and gave away a penalty. Uh, get him in the team, get him <laughs> in the Dundee well, that, team. That's his first game of the season because he'd been injured the, the yeah. whole season. So I guess it was good that he got 37 minutes on the pitch at least. Get the ring rust off, <laughs> make your mistakes. <laughs> yeah. um, and Owen Beck is, I mean, we've talked a lot about Owen yeah. Beck, but he didn't get a chance for the, the Welsh under uh, the Welsh full, full squad, which is a disappointment, but he looked very good for the under 21s. Mm -hmm. had a, it was a classic Beck run, as we've seen. Uh, Cutting saw the space as we were talking about Josh Morgan and, and went for it and almost got a goal. And then you put in the the work chat about his celebration after mm -hmm. Will scored. That was that huge, huge fan of bamming up home fans <laughs> when you're the away team. So it was great to see that against the Czech Republic. Yeah, he seems a just. He seems it, doesn't he? He's, he's he got the, he's he got knows, the quality. Yeah. He knows he's he, he's got the confidence. He's brash. He's aggressive. He's attacking. I, 
yeah, enjoy this one. I think Dundee fans, uh, because I think he'll go on. You know, playing for Liverpool is such a high bar. Uh, falling below that wouldn't be a failure. But regardless, yeah. he's going to have a good career, isn't he? He's a he's a good player. You can you can just see it, can't you? Mm-hmm. I mean, almost immediately I've seen him on the. Oh, I saw him at his debut at Bray, and that obviously. Who was the lad? Who was the lad, low, was the lad that came in? I had a lad at Brechin on trial. At, at full back and then he, yeah. he quickly went out of the picture I think did he sign for Queen's Park? No he signed for Cove Cove and I That's think right. he's already been released Has he? Yeah Right okay Paul Hartley uh, <laughs> some interesting <laughs> movements up there um, And I then Beck came in name. and they've just never they've never looked back I mean, No It's just right from from the word go he's been outstanding I, I can imagine the rest of the Premiership are all looking at that mm-hmm. and thinking well how did they get him? Yeah And how did we not get him? Um because well, I just I remember there was a moment in the Kilmarnock game actually, uh, sitting in the press box, and I think he he tackled somebody in midfield, and he had a clear view at goal, and I could see Derek McInnes in the the dugout put his hands on his head, his head, his head, mm-hmm. his head, his <laughs> only one, because obviously he knew the quality that yeah. Owen Beck had, and he thought, oh no, this is a goal. It was twenty five yards yeah. out, but it ended up getting blocked. But you could see that other managers already know. He's, has he got a goal yet, Ben? No. no, I think there's, goals, there's goals in him without a shadow of a doubt. I and think he's just like the, last, one, yeah. the last game at Easter Road, the final attack for yeah. Dundee almost in the dying embers of the game. And he's, he's, it was a difficult ball from Howley to take, and he's met it full flush volley right on target. But unfortunately, it's down David Marshall's mm-hmm. throat. You know, but he gets something in the box so often, you know, he's, there must be goals in there for him somewhere down the line. I think the only question mark would be the question mark you have with any attacking fullback mm-hmm. modern, yeah. uh, which is your defensive. Aspect, but I mean, I I don't think he looks a bomb scare in defence. No, I don't think no. he looks catastrophic. I think what you've got is a, a tactical issue that many teams have when they encourage their fullbacks to get forward. That sometimes, by definition, if you're caught in a quick turnover, you might be out of position. You might yeah. not be exactly where you are if you are being encouraged to be more attacking, be more adventurous. You kind of can't have both, you know. So it's. Uh, I think, yeah, there's wee improvements can be made defensively, but I think there's almost a, 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 a temptation to overstate that. I think he's mm. okay defensively, and if you told him it'd be in a more defensive team, I think he'd do a, I think he'd do a decent job at that as well. I think he's yeah, more, a bit uh, defensively, it's more awareness, I think, yeah. that, and that will come. That will come. That's, it's not it's it's ability. Isn't it? That's 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 fact. Well, he's still. I think he's still on his. He's not played twenty senior yeah. games yet. I don't yeah. think maybe not even fifteen. So yeah. it, it comes with experience, doesn't it? So. Interesting to see how he does on, on Saturday. Uh, mm-hmm. Conditions, I think, even if I haven't looked at the forecast, it's going to be wet and windy. Mm-hmm. So interesting to see how all the players can adapt to that. Um, Dundee have a few doubts. Lyle Cameron, obviously. Uh, What's up with Lyle Cameron? It's a uh, small tear in his quadriceps. Is, it called, is that the right thing? His thigh. His thigh. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's just got a wee thigh thick. Um, they're hoping he might make mm. it in time for Saturday. That's unfortunate for him because he, he struggled to, to get into the Dundee team and he, he found his way in against Hibs, obviously, and did yeah. a good job. Yeah, so. And, and uh, Tony Docker actually brought that up. He, he was really, really impressed yeah. with him. Hibs says he's uh, it's been about fitting him into a system rather than mm. anything to do with his ability, which tells you that they're doing a bit of work to kind of improve him and develop him uh, and he was getting there but this wee injury has obviously been an issue um, going up to speak to the manager after this so hopefully we'll find out more if he's going to hopefully he'll be there <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, he's arrived yeah. arrived by boat <laughs> um, but he'd be a big well he'd be a big miss wouldn't he mm-hmm. after that they've got but I mean they've got I mean, I'm not trying. They do have a squad. They, they do have a squad. Yeah. They're capable, and you know, we saw in, in midweek Howley and uh, Mosella just two. To, you pick up straight away. You're desperate, and Boateng, I take it, he'll be. He should be yeah, fine. I think he'll play every yeah, game that he's so available. To be honest, they, they do have a squad. And it's just unfortunate <laughs> for him. It's going to be tough to get in that in that team. He's got season. Mulligan coming back. Yeah, he, I mean, about, yeah. and Lyle Cameron came in. Lyle Cameron didn't have a, a huge part to play in the first half of last season. It might be the same again this season. You know, he may have to bide his time. Yeah. But you saw the impact he made. The impact was so great in the, in the second half of the season. He, he ran away with the, the player of the year and the young mm-hmm. player of the year award. So he, he will get his opportunities. You've got to remember, it's, it's a step up for him as well. He's yeah, never yeah. played at this sort of level before. So he's got to find his feet at this level as well. But I think he's in the games, he's, he's certainly shown he's not far away. I wonder whether the conditions might play a part mm-hmm. in Tony yeah. Dockett's kind of thinking. If, just thinking that Boateng's probably going to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
he'll likely play almost every game I think that he's available. I wonder whether he goes with Silla and Howley with him. Yeah. Just big, strong. Mm-hmm. Up against Aberdeen, I wonder whether that'd be the well, way. Well, it'd be, it'd be interesting. If it's not, not so much Howley, but he brings Silla. Silla straight in yeah. there. I mean, because Silla has only been sort of a bit part player so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he, he's he's done reasonably well in the games that he's played and, and been involved in. But he has been a bit part player. So, but I mean, I would you, you would tend to think that for him to be on the park, it would have to be there are injuries in there. And I'm just thinking if the if the I weather's mean, really what, bad. I mean, is Jordan McGee yeah. fit? Is he? Is, yeah, he's back. Yeah, he's back. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering whether yeah, if the weather's no. really bad and the yeah. ball's just going to be. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to be a battle. I think the first thing Dundee are going to do sensibly is say, are you good enough to break us down? Can you yeah, yeah. play through us? And Dundee can set up a team that will pose that challenge because I think, I, I don't think Aberdeen have been great when charged with making the running in matches this season. I think of, you know, home to St Johnston, yeah. away to Livingston, and you compare that with them going to a Rangers and being able to sit back and soak up and I think it's I think Barry Robson's Aberdeen and I saw this a bit last season I think it's still a little bit more comfortable when it can play on the break and utilise the the pace of guys like Duke who are more comfortable Mm. on the turnover running into space I think when you sit back and say to them listen are you good enough to play through us I don't think it's their comfort zone so that actually gives me especially in light of what St Johnston did I certainly don't have any sense of despondency about the the challenge. If he can put out, if Tony Doherty can put out a team that's well organised, hard work, and defensively strong, which he has done on <laughs> yeah, several yeah, occasions, yeah, yeah. That's, that's been done this season. Exactly. Uh, actually, I've got a sneaky suspicion they might not come back empty-handed mm-hmm. from, from Aberdeen. I really do. Well, the record against Aberdeen over the years is is dreadful, really. Yeah. Uh, up there, I think the last time they won up there, I was having a look, is t- two thousand four. It's going back a bit, isn't it? I, I, I don't think they've got had many draws. I can either. remember a game up there when they were three one up and, and lost a couple of late goals when Greg Stewart. I think, and that, I think that might be in the last draw. Yeah, I think they've lost every game since. I've got to see the Aberdeen player that scored was a mile offside too. <laughs> so <I> remember. <laughs> so remember you you no bad about that. You're but. totally over it though. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's a, it has been a happy hunting ground, but Victoria is a notoriously tough place. You've got to remember, you're talking about an Aberdeen team through that period yeah. who, in general, the, the, were, were, were finishing behind you know, the old firm or yeah. when Rangers were in the league behind Celtic. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the, just looking at the, the kind of Dundee team as well, there's the, a couple of other doubts. Zach Robinson, um, I think he was due to miss the Ross County game with, with an injury. Uh, he... He hadn't returned to training at the start of the week. We'll find out this afternoon if he has. Same with Scott Tiffany. He's had a wee knock, which would be disappointing because I don't think we've quite seen the best no. of Scott Tiffany yet. No, it's disappointing for him. I'm, I'm, dis- I'm, I'm disappointed because I think that uh, I was looking forward to him actually stepping up to the mark in the Premier League. I think he's a player that's got a lot to offer, but unfortunately it's been curtailed through injury and through the, I've got to say, the former Luke McCowan as well has been yeah. outstanding. And maybe... Maybe the addition of Scott Tiffany has given Luke McKellen an, an incentive to say, here, I'm going to have to be on it every week or I'm going to be out this team. And he's done that and he's been one of done these star performers as well. But Tiffany, it's, it's unfortunate for him. and You'll be frustrated, certainly, that he hasn't had more game time. But if you're injured, you've just got to, you've just got to get the head down, you know, listen to what the, the physios are saying, get yourself fit and then, and then try to get yourself back in the team. A chance will come. It's early days this season. There's a lot of games to be played. There's a lot of games to be played before Christmas. They are going to need that squad. They've got a big squad. Yeah. Everybody is going to get a run. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. The next two weeks, I mean, I think they go yeah. Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday or something like that. Um, so going from no games for three yeah. weeks mm-hmm. and before that, just playing every Saturday, it's suddenly there's a big... And Tony Doherty will be aware of that. He'll, yeah. be, he'll be aware of that. And he'll be, he'll be, he has spoken about it. But it's a different, in, yeah. different kind of task for him as a manager now. Because I'm just thinking back to seeing Owen Beck talking about why he came up to Scotland or why he was sent up to Scotland by Liverpool because there's more time on the training, mm-hmm. for, training pitch. And they've had that this season. There's going to be none of that for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, that'd be few and far between, though. I mean, I think in, in general, you will get time on the training pitch, but we are in a period where that, because of postponements and I think there's a midweek card as well and fixture rescheduling you will get that but then you have another international break coming up not that Owen, <laughs> no, Beck, no. Not that Owen Beck will get a break because he'll be away with the, the Welsh the Welsh side but you've got that as well to, to take into account in November so they do they do get a breather in between mm-hmm. but it's I mean it is going to 
take the whole squad to get through this. And yeah, and it's like you allude to there. It's something that doesn't catch managers by surprise. I think sometimes, you know, in August and September or even October, there'll be a lot of discourse among fans of, oh, why is he not getting the chance he deserves? Or, or yeah. well, if he doesn't play much, maybe we're looking to move him on in January. We're not at the time where managers have built a squad for yet. Uh, that's the the festive period. That's when the rotation is required and the and the depth is required. You can't go through a season with sixteen players. You will need guys that are five to ten starts a season players. And yeah, it's it's vitally important, and that depth will be important. I think you know you've you've touched on quite a lot of different names uh, in this section, you, you guys, and I think that speaks quite well to to. Yeah. squad that Dundee have assembled you know I, I don't think I could go through certainly St Johnston certainly Livingston yeah. Ross County I don't think I could go through their squads and pick four or five players that have barely been on the pitch this season and think do you know what wouldn't be upset if they were to come in mm-hmm. which is I think is a is, is a good position that, they, that United uh, goodness me Oof. that Dundee have got themselves Oof. into well, we're I'm just desperate to go into the United well, well, we're, <laughs> well, we're going into that just now I think I might have to punish you by keep talking about Dundee but <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no. I, I, fingers crossed that finally comes six o'clock Saturday. You can tell I'm very happy about that. Um, I think uh, Dundee are finally back in the pitch. Well, well, hopefully and, uh, that might not be a bad thing. I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of a six o'clock kickoff. I've got to see on a Saturday night, but. It may be the case that the weather certainly by that point has relented enough so that... I think know, the wind's to die yeah, down a wee bit, but it's still to be... And it allows bit, both yeah. teams to go and play. You want you want to go and see a game yeah. of football, you know, where teams can play, not where it's, it's dictated to by the elements. Too right. Fingers crossed. Let's see a proper proper game of football and Dundee come back with something to shout about. But in the meantime, I think we'll move across the road. Dundee are heading up to the northeast this weekend. United and Allen Temple were in the northeast last weekend, even further in the northeast, uh, up at the Blue Toon. Man, it was grim. <laughs> <laughs> it's, watch what you say. My mum's from, my mum's from Fraserburgh. The weather was. The road, is that, I like to see Alan's yeah. point. The weather was grim. Right. Oh nothing no, to, nothing Peter, to do with Peterhead. Peterhead was lovely. <laughs> I had uh, lovely fish and chips yeah, that's, afterwards. That's, uh, uh, everyone was very welcoming up there, but. Uh, sideways hail was uh, <laughs> was was quite something. Um, so, yeah, uh, and I, I take think, my heart to all the fans that were standing oh, outside. Magnificent for yeah. ninety minutes around the side of the park. Well, just I, getting battered by the rain. As I mentioned last week, like I spoke to a few diehards that weren't even heading up for that game. So, it was yeah. one for the completists <laughs> in terms of their yeah, way yeah. days and fair play to them. You know, there was a. Um, a, you know, a decent pocket than the United fans. I was going to call them Dundee. They're just to <laughs> address the balance yeah, in yeah. the first section, but I'll, I'll, I'll desist. Um, and, and they made a fine noise. And they got the, the result they wanted. It wasn't champagne football but for throughout, but they were really good in the first half. And I think yeah. it spoke to how well they approached the contest. Um, Peterhead barely kicked the ball for the first 20 minutes. Mm. Uh, Dundee United were dominant. They were attacking, created a few chances. Louis Moult, if he's on Louis Moult finishing form has a double easy um, so partly credit to the goalkeeper partly he'll know he should um, be finishing those that's his bread and butter so positive move on not competition I'll pretend is um, thrilling but if you were to get to the final and win it then happy days and um, this is a step closer mm-hmm. to that and no new injuries uh, you know a couple, you want of, a couple of boys got uh, yeah. fitness in the legs that they needed and then that can hopefully continue to build the momentum towards Partick, which even, as we said last week, even with that Peterhead game looming, still um, was pretty large on the horizon in terms of forward planning, I would yeah. suggest. And uh, picked up a clean sheet, kept mm-hmm. the run going, that's 12 unbeaten in all competitions since they last played Partick, that's all. Yep. Ominous, maybe. But, <laughs> um, but United are... Vastly different team since then. So vastly different team, vastly different defensive unit. Yeah. Um. I think, obviously, you know, we've spoken. Young Ollie Denham got such a tough time against Brian Graham, but be unfair to just pin it entirely on him. It was a ropey defensive performance. Um. A, a tad nervous all round that night, and it's a it's a different it's a it's a different four now. Uh, I would expect probably Liam Grimshaw to come into the back four, but in that central area, um. Even if Declan Gallagher's out, and 
Jim Goodwin's hopeful that he won't be. We'll get an update on that later on today, Thursday. As read, we read in between the lines, though, it feels feels like he's okay. I think I think Declan Gallagher is one that he would strap up and put out. Even seventy percent, he'd probably. But what probably I would say play. is, Ross Graham came in and did really well yeah, against yeah. Peterhead. I thought he was aggressive. Um, wrestled Rory McAllister, did that thing that good centre backs do, which is he kind of looked like it might be a foul, but not enough so <laughs> that anything that actually gets given against you, you look like you've just outmuscled him. He was, you know, he was uh, very physical, uh, very confident, and I thought that was a that's exactly what Jim Goodwin would have wanted to see because mm. the centre back pain has been so good that you've not got to see the. The, the deputies, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, is mm-hmm. great in a one way, but if you're Jim Goodwin, you are kind of saying, at some point this season, I'm going to have to rely yeah. on someone yeah, other yeah. than these two. Are they going to be ready? Yeah. And I think Ross Graham answered that question. So I think they're heading to Far Hill, as you say, with that defensive unit still looking really good and plenty of momentum behind them. But this will be tough. This will be really tough. Yeah. I'd kept the goals coming as well. I mean, obviously, you mentioned Louis Moult didn't manage to add his. Tally this season, but Middleton grabbed another goal. Tony Watt grabbed another goal. That's 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 a big thing for a, a squad. Sensational goal from Tony Watt. Yeah, it was quality. Like, I mean, just before that, Peter had a couple of decent chances to get back on level terms, and but the the goal from Tony Watt. Not many players would have would have been able to see that on the park. That's real ability to. Yeah. To, to what just, what did you make of the the first one as a as a goal, as a ex goalie yourself? I thought Stuart, as a Stuart McKenzie at plays in goal. Yeah. He thought he had a really good game. I think he could have done better than it. But I was, it was, I was a strange dipping, goal. I was dipping yeah. in swerving a wee bit. He was he was criticised, which you would expect him to get, and he'd be disappointed. But I don't think it. I would, give, I would give credit to Middleton for the way he's, yeah. way he's stuck. He's stuck the free kick. He's dipped, I, in, he's dipped and bounced straight in front of the what, goalkeeper. What as was well. it like being being there? Because it was, was strange on the camera. Yeah. It looked odd. I was going to say Middleton played the conditions, which I yeah. think is, is something right. you've got to acknowledge. And on the on the TV, particularly on you know Fuzzy Vision SD uh, BBC Alba, I'm not sure it quite shone through how whipping that wind was and how heavy that right. rain was yeah. and it whipped off yeah. the pitch you know it comes down at pace mm. and whips off the pitch and I wouldn't fancy judging no. it um, so I do think the keeper will look back and go I should have done better but see unless you're at ground level and facing yeah. those conditions yeah. I, I think it is it probably saw it a bit late as well uh, I think it's it's a goalkeeping error but it's we're not in blunder territory yeah. it was yeah. the conditions were yeah tough. I think Merlin's he's the ball's done exactly what he wanted it to do. Yeah. He's wanted it to bounce three or four yards in front of the goalkeeper and take it from there. And as Alan said, it's, sometimes it's that wet. It's like aquaplanes off the turf. It just mm. skims, you know, and it's very difficult to judge. So I'll, I'll give the keeper the benefit of the doubt. But he went on and was probably the star man. He was very good. He was played good. really well. He was, he was playing for Cove, I think, last season and, and moved to Peter Hay just to get game time. And, uh, um, but he, he did really well. I've just got to, to touch on... Uh, Dundee United last week we said they'd be wrapping uh, <laughs> yeah. this player in cotton wheel and that mm-hmm. player in cotton wheel what do we know mm-hmm. he played almost his entire first team and I think that says a couple of things uh, one the benefit of continuity the United have started the season yeah. so well Jim Jim Goodwin doesn't want a free week for his team mm-hmm. you know he wants them playing every week and he'll take in heart from the fact that we're given a real good test by a Peter, Peter yep. side. United, as Alan says United are the better of the first half Peterhead came more in the second half, but the big thing for Dundee United, when United were under pressure, they did not lose a goal and he'll be thrilled to bits. Mm-hmm. With, as I said, a couple of changes in the back line. I, th- I like Ross Graham. I think he's he's got a lot to offer. Jim Goodwin has now, sh- has now seen that he can be trusted to come in and do a job if he has to do that during the course of the season, which he probably will through injury or, or whatever reason, yeah. like dip, dips in form or whatever. And Louis Moult, I've got to say, for him to be on the park, what, what that suggests to me is that a couple of weeks ago, Louis Moult had a slight injury problem. He has no injury concerns yeah, yeah. at this point in time where he would not have played. I think it was it was sort of well rehearsed that he would come off after an hour regardless of what was going on. But the fact he was on the part from the start says that to me Louis Moult is, is 100% fit at this point in mm-hmm. time, which is great news for Dundee United. And if he's going to miss a couple of chances, why not against the <laughs> yeah. ahead? I've got to see in that competition. As long as he sticks it in that. Yeah, well, exactly. So, well, hopefully the conditions will be slightly better in Glasgow on Saturday. Um... Although Ross Darkett, it sounds like he's expecting uh, some interesting treatment from the from the home fans. <laughs> Panel villain, I like that. It's yeah, I think uh, it's one of those that I mean, I, I, I hate speaking for other fan bases because we're not we're not in yeah. uh, the same way that, that, that um, especially when they're not even on our patch. So I, I can't speak for how Thistle fans feel, but I think after being there for three years, winning a promotion, being their captain, I think it will probably have hurt that he's gone to a championship rival. But he is such a 
an amiable character and such a hard worker that I think deep down, surely the Thistle fans <laughs> haven't suddenly decided he's, you know, he's the devil incarnate. Well, it might, it might be the panto uh, exactly. element of it, just the boo for the sake of exactly. booing. Exactly. I think, I think that's exactly what it is. I think uh, uh, there'll be a, and I know Ross is hopeful of this, I think deep down there'll be a mutual appreciation of, of their time yeah. together because he absolutely still adores the club. Yeah. Um, that shines through when you speak to him. So, that absolutely will not be appreciated by the fans there. They'll be loudly <laughs> booing him. But I think deep down, I don't think it is one of those he's going back there as a genuine public enemy, number one. Yeah. But as I say, I mean, I, I can't speak on behalf of Partick Thistle fans. Maybe, so, you know, for whatever reason, a couple of them doing some scouting reports or listening to this podcast. And they, please do correct me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> it's he'll um, it, go back there. And one thing you can guarantee is... Um, he'll also be getting the treatment because he's such a vital player for Dundee United. Yeah. The, everything will be going through him. He'll be the man trying to dominate that midfield. He was brilliant again at Balmour. He really was. He's a, he's a, he's a player that I feel uh, rather embarrassed that having covered a fair bit of Championship football over you know the previous three or four years, mm. I hadn't realised quite how good a player Ross I'm, I'm was. I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it surprised me a little bit this season. But I did reading that piece. I did. You could sense in the way he was talking that he's going to enjoy it even if yeah. he gets a wee bit of I spoke booze. to him after his trip up to air another club that he'd, he'd captained <clears throat> and he enjoyed that as well he is yeah. a man that can quite clearly laps up the, the silliness of football <laughs> and doesn't take things too seriously which um, is, a, is a lesson for many I think <laughs> um, I thought, for some reason I was just thinking about uh, Tom Duthie uh, with that comment there I, I, don't, I don't know why talking about silliness in football <laughs> but we'll, we'll move on um, he's always in our thoughts <laughs> even when he's in Madrid <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> um, but it does feel like I mean he spoke about obviously thoughts were were moving on to that this this game of the weekend even before the Peter Head game and that's totally understandable it kind of feels like Big Dick and Gallagher will come in. You've got Louis Maltz should be back up to speed, you think, after his wee, wee injury. And, and they might have Matt, Matthew Kujo back, which would be another boost. Yeah, you'd think so. I think you start to see patterns emerge with managers around about this stage of the season. You'll have seen mm. them yourself. Um, and one of the patterns of Jim Goodwin is he does have a habit of saying... Um, that injury is not that serious. Right, He'll okay. probably be fine for next week, and he might not. This player might not actually necessarily be fine for the following week. It's just, and then he would after the game. We go, no, it's nothing. It's nothing serious. We're just, you know, it's just a precaution. So that's what makes me. I do wonder about, for right, example, Akujo, okay. whether or not um, he will actually. We be We were fit expecting enough. them to be back a couple of weeks ago, weren't we? So, exactly. Yeah. So. And and Declan Gall, I mean, the, the biggest example, I mean, Ross Doherty, for example, was one that was into that category and he yeah. went, and that was a, a few weeks and, and things like that. So whether or not that's the case with Declan Gallagher, I'll be very interested to see. I don't think Kujo is, I think he's a top, top young player, but I don't think he, there is the same necessity to rush him back. United have really good options yeah. on, on the wings and Tony Watt actually played really well off the flank. Um mm. I know that he's not been brilliant off the flank for, for Dundee United, but I think there are nuances. I think he started about maybe 10 yards further up the pitch um, against Peterhead. So he's another option there. Kai Fotheringham's an option there. That They have loads of options out wide, even when um, without Kujo. Gallagher's the interesting one. And I think it might be a case of he might not be 100%, but he is one, unlike what Jim Goodwin's done with some other players, that he would be willing to sort of strap up and put out there because... Um, Brian Graham against yeah. um, Declan Gallagher's one that I think he would fancy. Um, mm. As I said, R Ross Graham played really well, but um, I mean I don't want to talk about Brian Graham as if he's Erling Haaland, but <laughs> it's he, he's an he, experienced striker. He, though, he is, yeah. yeah, he's a, a top proven championship striker yeah. who is very intelligent. Very, very intelligent, and if there is any, you know, inflection of inexperience, he will take advantage of that. So, I think maybe you would rather have Declan Gallagher in just for the the old stager yeah. now stuff because it could get a little bit. Um, uh, what's the phrase? Dark arts. It could get a bit of who is the master of the dark arts. Yeah. So, well, and Gallagher's old enough to know his, his body as well. I mean, if he has yeah. any doubts that he's not he's not ready to go, I mean, he'd, he'd tell the manager. But I've Pretty certain. Well, although we did say last week, we were certain we wouldn't see Louis, Louis Moore the weekend, but 
Well, uh, I, I didn't even have him on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he was at home with his feet up. <laughs> but I mean, that speaks to that speaks well of him. Obviously, we've talked a lot about his injury worries, Lou Mo. But maybe we should stop talking about them if if he now is. Yeah. He's, it's, yeah. he's obviously not like I said, about the fact it. he's featured from the start at Peterhead he's fine yeah. he's, fit, he's he's good to go um, continuity oh. for, for Jim Goodwin he, yeah. he'll lead the line for Hill on Saturday no. No oh, obviously the, the, the most important thing for him was getting minutes in his legs I think mm-hmm. yeah. which obviously tells you he's 100% back to uh, maybe not match fitness but fitness uh, and to, to get in the game and he's a player that clearly doesn't shy away from reading the papers, being on yeah. social media, listening yeah. to what people say. He's, he's alluded to that you know, a couple of times with a couple of things that he said. So he'll be aware yeah. that a lot of the discourse surrounding I'm, him I'm often sure is about I'm sure had a conversation with mm-hmm. him as well and said, look, we've got this game on Saturday. You, and yeah. The player himself has said, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, yeah. fine. I'm good to go. Yeah. He'll be determined to play as much football yeah. as possible, having missed so much football and yeah, knowing that every time him. he misses a game, everyone's going, oh, is he injured? Because he's such a, we've seen already, he's such a big, big player for yep. Dundee United. Well, it's always the one, if he goes down in a crumpled heap and touch with nothing like mm-hmm. that happens at the weekend, I don't yeah, want to jinx him. Yeah. But if he goes down, it's when there's a, a silence amongst Aye. the visiting support or 100%. support. Yeah. You heard it in Inverness. Yes. It was, yeah. it was bizarre. Like, yeah. it wasn't a, when he went down on his haunches and the, and the, and the, uh, the crowd get, um, and the medical staff came on, the noise from the crowd wasn't yeah, kind of cheering or yeah. it wasn't it, no. it was a, a sort of ambient That's worry right, yeah. <laughs> it, was, everybody goes on. Yeah, it was a very strange uh, atmosphere <laughs> and, and, and yeah that smacks to his, his importance but um, uh, yeah I, there doesn't seem to be any suggestion that he's a player we should be any more worried about in terms of injuries than anyone else in the squad which yeah, I think is something yeah. he's desperate to prove this season and, and he is well on the way to doing that it is funny because I, I think back of every single almost it must be about 75% of the time when people go, Lou Moult's a really good signing if, yeah. if he's fit. Yeah. Uh, I think we can maybe yeah. start to ignore the last bit yep. going forward. Well, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, we keep bringing it up on I the know. podcast. That's it. Job. That's it. <laughs> it it's help. over with. Well, I can't speak for Tam. I have to say. <laughs> but uh, we kind of uh, drifted in the United speak in the, in the Dundee section because we were talking about yeah. the reserve game. But... Um, yeah, just if, if United fans aren't listening to, to that wee bit, obviously it was a young United team that me and Bear watched at North End Park that they were pretty good, I thought. Um, but the, the one even before his goal, we spoke about it, but the, yeah, it the one before his goal I, that, that I picked out was was Miller Thompson, he was playing right back. Yeah, he was, he was, he was really, really, really good, capped it with a wonderful, it was a great goal. wonderful yeah. goal. And it got, uh, I thought it was a cup tie, and it, uh, well, it was a cup tie, but... I went to penalties. I didn't realise it was yeah. a bonus point. Yeah. I thought that was it. But, I mean, for Dundee fans, listen, Dundee actually won the game on penalties and remarkably, they scored five penalties, five out of five, <laughs> I've got to say, which is unheard of in the past 10 years. Um, but Miller Thompson, such as such as a footballer's life, yeah. scores a wonderful, wonderful goal and then goes up and takes the first penalty kick and it's saved. Yeah. <laughs> saved. That was always on the cards, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, he was a standout. Rory McLeod wasn't wasn't too far behind him. There were one or two others on from both sides. I've got to say, who, who did it, it was a cracking free kick that yeah. McLeod scored. It was a really good uh, strike. Did go through the wall. Yeah, uh, which is a black mark on the Dundee end. But obviously United don't care about that. I was, uh, it, was a, it was a it was a terrific strike. Though, I've got to say, yeah. and, you know, although it went through the wall, the keeper never had an earthly. It was just yeah. beyond them before he even dived. I think it's good to see those boys like Rory McLeod and and Miller Thompson. Coming back and looking sharp and looking yeah. potent from their you know loan spells because obviously I've, you know I've, I've not had to been able to see as, as much of them and I do think it's better that they're away um, playing first team football rather than sitting on the bench or maybe not even being uh, stripped because they are they're not a million miles away from being in contention. Miller Thompson played senior foot so yeah. Rory McLeod this season, but I think playing every week and and. In the case of Miller Thompson, a mainstay for a decent Montrose mm-hmm. squad, playing mm-hmm. in a position that he doesn't normally play. Well, so That's all great stuff. You yeah, know, and he and was it, playing right back on for the mm-hmm. reserves. I mean, that shows they're thinking about where to put him. Yeah, as I say, you know, without you, you know, you're reluctant to make grand proclamations without seeing boys play every ninety minutes. But yeah. Miller Thompson does seem to be one who is who is kicking on, as is uh, Lewis Donnell, uh, Lewis O'Donnell, pardon, and uh, Rory McLeod. So mm-hmm. those loan spells in particular seem to be benefiting um, and I think that's it's why loan spells for young players they shouldn't see them as the end of the world they should not be seeing them as it should be an opportunity for them to go and get games under their belt you know improve as a player learn from the players around because you can learn 
mm-hmm. playing because if you're on the bench at Tarnish and you're only playing reserve games and you know greatest respect it's not the same as competitive action playing alongside senior pros maybe guys who have been yeah. up in the Premier League or even in, at championship level I've, I've seen the game and they can pass on great knowledge to these younger guys and benefit just from playing tougher opposition you know and, and, and sort of bigger more powerful opposition but and yeah Muller Thompson was impressive it's where they should be at this point in yeah. their careers yeah. as well you know we're not even discussing talent we're discussing just getting used to the rigours of 90 minutes of senior football on a Saturday of if you lose a game it's you know the end of the world and uh, getting battered about by experienced pros things like that are, are, are vital to learn but you know, whereas you look at last season Miller Thompson and Rory McLeod should not be the deputy to Stephen Fletcher yeah. in a relegation battle that is not where they should be mm-hmm. or were ready to be in their development this is and I think you're seeing um you're seeing the, the benefit of that already. Mm-hmm. And just to finish off United, there's one bit I forgot. Uh, United's, um, what's the word? Jinx for the past 14 months, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Mark Ogren's coming back. He hasn't seen United <laughs> win in a long, long time. You'd be delighted to call them that, George. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> ploughing 14 million quid into a football club <laughs> and they're getting called a jinx. I know. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, it's, that's what happens. Oh, I mean, if, if, if I'm glad you you've not got to try to arrange an interview with him. <laughs> if you turn up every, every every time you turn up and United don't win, I mean, do you, is there a point where you start thinking, oh, maybe I should go? Whoa, what maybe I, would, I shouldn't come back. What I would say is, I, I was think that point came when he bought the club and <laughs> COVID, COVID hit and yeah, went into yeah, lockdown yeah. straight away. Yeah, uh, maybe it's a jinx. Yeah, he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> think back now. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's good be, to see him. It's good to see him coming to, back. To be fair, I was uh, I covered every single game of football done the United played last season, and right. I didn't see them win much. Right. So <laughs> I, I don't think it's uh, necessarily Mark's fault. Um, <laughs> but no, it's um, I think it's a we, good sign, though. Yeah, we say this every time he comes over. It's great to see him um, still kind of engaged in yeah. the in the business in the process, and we did get that sense when he came over and spoke to us during the summer. That he did have a wee bit more pep in his step. You know, he was you know, realistic enough to say, I'm not going to be here forever. Probably got less time ahead of me than I've had behind me in terms of owning the club. But in terms of this challenge that's ahead over the next year or two, in terms of getting them back and established in the mm-hmm. Premiership, he was, um, you know, he did seem to have a little bit more um, zip about him and enthusiasm about him. And uh, he'll be back hoping to see a a very different Dundee United team rack up a couple of wins and obviously he's mainly here for the uh, the, the Abroath game although he will be it for how um, you know the Abroath game being the the, the anniversary mm-hmm. of 100 years of, of their first match as Dundee United which they lost 3-0 against Dumbarton so um, hopefully uh, he wasn't there again was he? <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, think, I think Tom Duffy was at that game actually come on <laughs> Mercifully, uh, <laughs> mercifully, wasn't so. Um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be uh, and it's an interesting point at which to, for him to come over as well mm. because during the summer, you know, everything was a wee bit reflective, and you know, there was a lot of uh, things to be discussed in terms of a, a long season ahead. Whereas coming over now, getting towards the uh, the second half of October, it is probably the time where you start saying. Who are we thinking in terms of contract extensions? Who are we looking yeah. for in January? Even into the following summer, if we go up, who would our targets be? What is our budget going to be? Yeah. Those are conversations you can invariably have in October, November. Just, you know, probably don't leave them as late as December when you're talking about January. But it's and you can uh, imagine the discussion with the manager as well. I mean, mm-hmm. the moves quickly to a point. Jim Goodwin yep. mm-hmm. after relegation, which a lot of fans questioned some of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think. Where we are now, you could possibly say certainly it looks justified. Yeah. He's got a team on the part that looks the best team in that league at this point in time. So I'll be, I'll be, they're in a good place, Dundee They know what they've got to do this season. They know their objectives. Yes. They'll be looking now to build on what they've done from the start of the season. I'm sure Jim Goodwin would maybe like one or two more players in if they can possibly finance that at Christmas. He'll be aware of this situation. Um, but you, know, you, can, you can imagine what the discussion might have been had United not been sitting where they are at this point in time. So yeah. it should be a, you know convivial, you would think. Yeah. Well, I think it would want a striker. Yeah. I was I just going to ask, yeah. I mean, do they need anything? Yeah, yeah I would think so. They, they, I think they could do with a striker because then it gives you the option of um, if Louis Mo you want to bring him out and want to keep Tony Watt where he's been effective, yeah. wherever that may be, um, rather than bring him into attack where he is also, to be fair, quite effective, then you, like it does give you that other option. And But it is quite a, 
It's, it's a challenging one because you're not pitching this target, whoever it may be, as your first choice striker, yeah. really. They're coming in as competition. And that pool simply wasn't there in terms of the level of quality they wanted uh, allied with people that were willing to maybe take that role. Mm -hmm. When you get into January, bigger pool, bigger market, uh, you should be able to... Well, the, to the big boys all over the country that aren't getting a game and just yeah. fed up and just want to get out and nah, play. I, so. And I do wonder, um, that I think the only other question, I guess you could put it, as that would maybe be at centre-half, where I... I you do wonder at some point if Cardiff, Ollie Denham and Dundee United are going to maybe get their head together and go, this isn't really how any of yeah. us foresaw this panning out. Um, if it comes to a crunch game, are we comfortable pitching Ollie Denham as a, a right-sided centre-half? Uh, you do wonder if maybe there'd be um, scope for, for, for him to return down south and maybe United bring somebody else in in that position. Maybe Cardiff will want him back if he's yeah. not getting the games well, that they want him to get. I'm thinking this can't be what Cardiff play. I mean, this yeah. is a boy that's played uh, you know, around 10 games for Cardiff. So he is a, considered a prospect. He was mm -hmm. in the long list for the Wales World Cup squad. So he's someone that they, yeah. they, they considered a decent prospect. And he's, I mean, I don't know how he's evolving behind the scenes or, or, or anything like that, but what I would say seems to be in terms of his playing time and seems to be kind of weathering on the vine and you do wonder whether Cardiff might, might cut their losses mm. uh, come January, at which point United might need to do something. But, I mean, that's a very long way to, to answer your question, which is United need very little in January, but uh, certainly I'm... I, I, Man, be, managers always want more of it. Yes, that is, that is true. Uh, but, and, but, and there'll also be a few kind of contract extensions where you wonder whether that might be the priority getting that kind of done yeah. before. Um, Key men trying to as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully it's a productive visit for, for the United owner and hopefully he sorts out that hoodoo, jinx, whatever, whatever you want to call it. I feel guilty for bringing it up now. <laughs> Our, our friends <laughs> uh, along the road in, in Glasgow at the Sun Sports Desk picked up that start this morning and <laughs> <laughs> did a piece for online. So uh, I'll get along to uh, St Andrews for the Dundee United press conference and be sure to get a well, warm welcome after uh, highlighting that statistic. <laughs> now it's been picked up. Well, the stats are there to be broken. So <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what, every time I write a positive stats piece, I get replies going, oh, you've jinxed it now. So I'm yeah. just I'm trying to approach things the other way. It seems like the logical thing to do. Well, fingers crossed. Uh, um, we'll finish up with uh, talk of a, a, I guess a, another jinx. I guess for, for decades Scotland didn't qualify for anything. Suddenly we've done two Euros in a row. Um, although it was an interesting way to do it, um, not playing. But that would have been nice to. I it think, would have been to, nicer, to do it under your own steam. But they have done it under their own steam. The, the yeah. Five. Yeah, yeah. The five victories. You know, unheard of for Scotland in a qualifying campaign. Magnificent achievement. And once once they got that result against uh, was it, uh, Cyprus, you know, you felt it was only a matter of time. Yeah. You know, it would have taken a, a hell of a sequence of I think bad results, yeah, for, yeah, for Scotland not to qualify. I think for for Steve Clark, he has been a bit not critical of, of his team, but he's, he's told them you no know, in certain terms. They've had three defeats in a row. Um, so it's now time to get back on, on the mm. winning bus again. I think you've got to look at the three. The, the, two of them have been friendly, and, and you know my feeling and friendly, George, but you have to look at the standard of opposition yeah. as well. You also can't you can organise a friendly against France yeah. and then say you've lost three games yeah. now. No. Well, fine, you could organise one against I Georgia. I, no, <laughs> I, exactly, but he, 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 you knew the reason why he took that friendly. Of course, you know, be ready he, for the tough he, test. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, it's a good one for them to see how the, the bounce back because that's what yeah. they've, they've managed to to sort out, I think, under Steve Clark for years and years, Scotland could barely pick up a point on the road, never mind pick up victories, and they've shown they're capable of doing that now, so they want to get back to that, um, back to the level. Get, get, and it'd be good to finish the campaign with two wins. It might not be good enough to top the group, but it would be yeah. a hell of an achievement to go through the campaign you know, with just one defeat and seven seven victories. So I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a target for them, certainly. I wouldn't be wanting to get too carried away because it's not really the Scottish way, but I do wonder, see if you were from a completely different country and you're just looking at the you know the qualifiers for for the upcoming euros and you know doing that thing where they let's pick dark horses to do really well in this competition i think scotland would be firmly in that conversation yeah. to be considered dark horses to look at the squad one to eleven who they play for the yeah. form in the qualifiers mm. it's a mature experienced um settled really settled everyone knows their role 
um, squad that's winning games, and albeit you know until recently where they've you know had some hellish fixtures. I think you'd be looking by choice, at, though. Yeah, <laughs> you'd be looking at. I think you look at Scotland and say, Do you know what, with a favourable wind, yeah, that's you're, it. you're at least getting yeah. out of the group, and if, yeah. from that point, I look at the, you know what Wales and Northern Ireland have done in, in Euros and say there's absolutely no reason why Scotland shouldn't be going to. It felt like to me like the last Euros was. I know they tried to say that that wasn't the case, but it felt like we're happy to be yeah. in yeah, party yeah. atmosphere. That's what I felt, and. I just think, although it will be a party in Germany and we will be happy to be there, I think there should also be a sense of expectation that we should be winning games. And I think that's maybe what Steve Clark's trying to reinforce. Yeah, I, you I, know. I, I think so as well. And I think you're right about the, the last Euros. There was, a, there was a sense of that. But Steve, Steve Clark will know that he's on the verge of greatness as a Scottish manager, the, the chance to take them... Well, we've never got out of the group. Take them beyond before, the, the group so, stages. Yeah. You know, and, and I think he's a, he's, a, he's a manager who learns from previous experiences. He's a great yeah. man for that. And he'll have seen the last Euros and where they went wrong. And like Alan says, maybe there was, was that bit of, you know, we're just happy to be there. The games against the Czech Republic, against Croatia. I would expect them to get results against teams like that, certainly. We don't know what the draw's going to throw up. And fingers crossed. They've been a wee bit unfortunate yeah. with draws in the past. Fingers crossed we're given an opportunity, mm -hmm. you know, to, to get ourselves through the group. And then it's over to Steve Clark, but... Yeah, they've got a right good chance. They've got a right good chance. Well, even in that France game, I mean, we did get thumped in the end. Yeah. But we played some cracking stuff mm -hmm. as well. Billy Gilmore, I thought, was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's good to see him getting a goal. Up against two Real Madrid midfielders, mm -hmm. and then he, he looked absolutely the part. Um, it was a lovely assist from Camavinga, I have mm -hmm. to say. Yeah. Gilmore <laughs> looks so comfortable that the Real Madrid players passed to him. That's, <laughs> that, that's how comfortable he looked playing alongside those players. It's uh, it was an interesting uh, one when I looked at the lineups and I saw we were trying a few new boys and Lewis mm -hmm. Ferguson's kind of been knocking at the door for a wee while because he's doing really well at Bologna. Um, I'm sure he should. And yeah, That's and there was a few other new faces and then I looked at the France team. I was like, oh yeah. god, they've just stuck all their big guns in. The, mm -hmm. It's their proper first. Yeah, team. he wasn't uh, resting anybody. No. It was it was uh, quite startling and and you know as as, as Steve Clark said is uh, you know you're playing against real world-class opposition but that doesn't mean that you can't you know, be, competitive. You can't be yeah. competitive and that's what Scotland have done we've, we've proved that against Spain at Hamden and I, you know I, I, you know I'm a bit skeptical of friendlies I know they've got to be played I saw the game against England I, you know Scotland and England meet at the Euro Championships it's a different kettle of fish altogether there'll be yeah. tackles going in and, and I thought that was a bit I was a wee not so much but I thought it was a wee bit like that again on the other night when, when Scotland played France but you have you have to say these teams Top teams in Europe, top teams in the world, you know, certainly. England, Spain and France. So mm. there's no disgrace in losing to them, but we'll become a team now who you expect Scotland to, you know, to, to take something from those games yeah, yeah. and to maybe to be a bit closer to them. And, you know, when, you, when, we, when we get to, to Germany, if we're going to do better than we've done in the past, but we'll have to find results against these teams as well. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's a fact. Anyway, I think that's enough for, for one week. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week. Hopefully the weather might be a wee bit better. Uh, but we'll see. If you like the podcast, we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it. Or even better, leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts. All that really helps people find Twa Teams One Street, and that means a lot to us. Don't forget to pick up your copy of the telly Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tannadice 